If you're like most of us, you own entirely too many clothes. And yet, the most common feeling we have when the time comes to dress up is I've got nothing to wear. We're constantly deal shopping and clothes buying, and yet we still feel as if we do not have the clothes we need to feel happy, stylish, attractive, and empowered. How did we get here? Turns out, the problem isn't our messy closets. It's our messy relationship to clothes, style, the fashion industry, and ourselves. Join host Aaron Flynn as we talk to the experts in the industry, history, and psychology of clothing and try to uncover how we got to this place with too many clothes and nothing to wear. Brought to you by Cloudwell. Okay, so if you listen to our first episode, you know there's a problem. We're consuming way too much. We're buying way too much. The clothing industry is crushing us. So how are we dealing with it? Well, apparently, by funding hundreds of clothing startups. According to Vogue, U.S.-based fashion and beauty startups raised more than $2 billion in venture capital in 2018 alone. Stitch Fix, Rent the Runway, and hundreds of other startups are telling us they have the solution to our problem. But do they really? To answer this question, I brought in an old friend. Levi Bethune is an award-winning storyteller, animator, and all-around creative handyman. He's the creative director for two Chicago startups and somehow still finds time to run his own video production studio called, of course, Lay Video. We still work together on many projects for Cloudwell, and while I'm excited to have him on the show, I'm also a little nervous because I know from experience just how dangerous it is for the two of us to be recorded talking about anything, let alone this thing. So welcome, Levi, to talk clothing startups. What the heck is going on? Oh my gosh, that was quite the introduction. Uh, I think I'm just going to copy paste that, put that on my website. Maybe I might just put that on a t-shirt and wear that, <laughs> except I don't wear a lot of t-shirts. We'll talk about style later, um, but uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I am so glad you're here. We have so much to talk about today. It seems like everyone wants to style us, but do they really? Or are these just salespeople disguised as stylists who want to sell us more stuff? Okay, what's your hot take? Oh boy. Um, so stylists, um, stylists have such great value. Like I've gotten so much value from a stylist, like a pure stylist, someone who I hire or honestly I trade for work and I, I'll bring this person into my life, bring them into my home and be like, hey, uh, I need help in this area, more specifically recently around suiting. So I've needed a couple suits for some mm -hmm. events yeah. and also because I just like looking fly when I go out. So I, I really wanted like a couple gray suits and I brought a stylist in. That's someone whose only job is to look at me and my life and then suggest things to wear. And that was such a great service. I like I really got value from that. I've also yeah. tried out subscription boxes uh, that – out having a stylist behind them. And I have 
oh, I have so many thoughts and a couple conspiracy theories. But I, <laughs> when when I did this subscription box uh, journey, I tried a few of them. Um, most notably, Stitch Fix, and I tried out Stitch Fix, and I actually got some really great clothes from it. Like some of my favorite mm-hmm. uh, short sleeve button down shirts. I've got this one, Aaron. I know you've seen it. It's a black one with. Uh, little, oh, it has watermelon. Yes, it has something. little watermelon slices and mint sprigs yes. and like a melon. Like I call it my pre-smoothie shirt because it's like all the yes. things that will go into a smoothie before they've been smoothied. And so I love that shirt. Um, As one were, does. As one yeah. does. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you wear what you eat, they say. Uh, so yes. <laughs> I love that shirt. There was another – there was like another shirt in there that I absolutely loved. And I felt – like that came from a stylist, like that stylist actually read what I wrote in my whole onboarding experience, which I'll talk about in a second. And like, I I felt like they read that, that they understood me and then sent those items over. And if, mm-hmm. if inside that box, a hundred percent of those items felt like that, I would be a subscriber today. Like I would still be using Stitch Fix. Uh, I but, see, so what happened? Do you, yeah. Did yeah, you so, continue? I, so when I signed up, um, the whole onboarding process, and this was a while ago, so they may have changed this. I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Actually, I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm going to. <laughs> so there was this one question that I remember. It was like, uh, what what do you need or what don't you need? And I remember mentioning in there that I don't need any more sweaters, but that I am looking for more shorts in like the six to eight inch hem length, right? Or inseam. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I fill out the whole thing. I, you know, apply my coupon. Cause of course there's like copious coupons when you first do this thing. Uh, yeah. so I get the box and open it up. I love some of this stuff, but then inside the box, there's a sweater. And I said, I didn't need any sweaters, but they added a sweater in there. And it was totally something that I would wear if I needed a sweater but I didn't. And I told them that. Yeah. I remember telling them that, but here's the real, like, here's the kicker. They said in the box that, uh, I get a discount if I keep everything right. So the way that this works is they pile it on all in a box. I don't pay anything. I pay like 20 bucks, I think for the, for the shipping for the box. And then, but I, I haven't bought any clothes yet. I try stuff on. And if I love it, then I keep it and I pay for it then. And uh, and the you know cost of the box goes toward the cost of the clothes, but they offer a twenty five percent discount if I keep everything in the box, and this is where my conspiracy theory is because <laughs> I please think elaborate. Put, I think they put that sweater in there either so that I would keep it and get the twenty five percent discount, thus feeling like I got a good deal, but they got more money because I just bought a sweater I didn't need. Or return the sweater and keep everything else, thus uh, giving up my discount and them making more money. Right. So either way, they make more money. And and when like when I thought through that process of like, would a stylist do that? Yes or no? The answer is no. A stylist wouldn't do that. But would a business do that? Heck yeah, a business would do that. Like they're in mm-hmm. the business of selling clothes. That's their business. Uh, they're not in the stylist as a service business. If they were, then it, I think it would be a totally different experience. I think 
I think a stylist as a service business would have been a little bit more high touch and less, we're going to send you dope clothes and you're going to try them on. And I, I ended up sending the sweater back because I, I was, I was working at Cladwell at the time. I was like, I'm not going to add another sweater to my closet. That's embarrassing. I don't need I this. I will wear this watermelon on my shirt, but I will not get another sweater. Um, <laughs> That's an excessive piece of clothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I think it's interesting because the crazy thing with boxes is I feel like in the right place, and if you know your style, they can be super helpful. But the hard part is kind of what you just said. Like, if you're not in the right place or you don't know your style and they send you that sweater, like, that's really hard to resist. Right. Exactly. Especially since they stack it with the discount. And it's super convenient right. to get it. Really inconvenient to send it back. Not really inconvenient. Like, they, I, like I want to I, I wanna make sure that I'm clear. It was a simple process. It was like mm -hmm. really no work at all. And I could see this becoming really addictive for yes. myself if I like if I wanted to really add stuff to my to my closet. Uh, again, I was fully in the Cladwell camp. So I had that um, I had that mindset of I want a smaller closet, but I want mm -hmm. really nice staple items, things that go with everything. And Somehow I ended up with a watermelon shirt, but whatever. I uh, like <laughs> I, I still <laughs> right. I I still felt this urge to get these things. And here's the really really sneaky thing that happened to me. I didn't feel like I was shopping, right? right. Like I yeah. felt like someone. I almost felt like it was it was being gifted to me, right? Yep. And because it was being given to me by someone who listened to prompts, it was wrapped up in this story, right? A story that I was a part of and that's dangerous. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like kind of there in the kitchen cooking with the chef, but I'm still paying for the meal and yeah. I'm paying for the chef's time. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this, is this really what I want? Um, is this really what I need? And so, yeah, I could see this being really, I could see box services period, being really um, addicting and destructive. But yeah. you're right. It was a hassle to send that stuff back. It would have been way easier just for me to keep the sweater, keep the discount, and then just either never wear the sweater or it just goes into that revolving cycle of, oh, what should I wear today? So I think if I didn't already have the mindset that I had when I was using Cladwell, um, then I would have gone down that path. For sure. Right. And that's the thing, like you're with the box service, you're on their timeline, not your own timeline. Yeah. So you don't have that check of do I actually need this or or you can, mm -hmm. but you have to like make sure you have that when you get the box delivered. So, yeah, right. that's super interesting. Yeah. And and that was the other thing is like I had to cancel the service or they would have just kept sending me things. Right. right? Yeah. So they would just keep sending me stuff based on that first conversation that I had, which is fine, I can always change those prompts later if I want, uh, like, I could say, oh, yeah, I, I don't, I do want shoes now, or please send me whatever. Um, I can still, like, direct them, but they'll just keep sending me stuff until I mm -hmm. tell them to stop. And telling them to stop was actually that, of course, you know, their business, it was not very simple, but I was able to do it, but I had to have that focus. I had to take control. So if, if you were going to use a box, yeah. how do you think you could use it in a way that is actually mindful? Man, that's a great question. I think I think I would 
um, I would ignore the discounts and I would ignore the uh, all the upsells and be just go into the whole thing with eyes wide open. Because like I said, I got some really great things out of that. The shorts they sent me were perfect. The shirt that they sent me was really great. I enjoyed those items and I was happy with what I paid for them, even paying full price. The giving up the discount stung a little bit, but I had to live with that sting because it was still worth it to me to pay the premium, not even the premium, but just the retail price on those clothes because they were what I, what I was looking for and not what I wasn't looking for. So yeah. it, I, just, I just had to have my eyes open. And I think doing it one box at a time instead of on their schedule or on their time, as you put it, that's, that's going to be really critical if you want to use a box service for their styling services. So I think there's a way to hack it. Not even hack it, but just be really mindful about how you're using the service. And don't play by their rules. Make your own rules. And it's the same thing of like, <laughs> okay, so the other day, uh, my kids and I wanted to watch a movie and it, it had just like left theaters recently. So it hasn't hit streaming yet. And, and you can't even rent it. You have to buy it. So it's like in that really weird, like yep. dark zone of movies where <laughs> if you want to watch it, you have to pay $20. Yep. And I wasn't about to do that. So I, so I signed up for a seven-day trial for stars because it was on that service i just signed up for the trial i was like heck yeah i'll watch the movie and then i'll cancel the the trial like i don't need the trial i just i just wanted to watch this movie and i'm i'm using that technology stack on my terms for what i need to use it for and i just have to remember to cancel stars uh and i haven't yet so i should probably do that but I I know. Also, I haven't heard stars <laughs> talked about in like ages. So you don't you don't subscribe you to know? the stars podcast. It's a podcast all about no, stars. Right, I have to keep right saying not. stars because it ends with a Z. So you really have to emphasize that Z. The but you know I use that service for my benefit, and then I had to be really proactive in in canceling it and making sure that I wasn't being taken advantage of or even yeah. like just not taken taken advantage of just wrapped up in the whole yeah. app cycle and the subscription cycle which subscriptions are great i've got so many subscriptions that consistently add value and like i said if uh if i really didn't care about the size of my closet um and i had a lot of disposable income or i needed a lot of clothes all the time a subscription box service would be great for me I just don't mm -hmm. live that kind of life. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, let's talk about renting. This last year, Rent the Runway became valued at a billion dollars, which is kind of insane to me. Um, but instead of buying, is this our future? Are we all just going to have like two main items or five items in our closet and going to be renting? I I think so. I, I really want that future. Um, I mean, you, you, if you look back, though, that's kind of our past. When we all lived in small villages as families together, we all shared everything all of the time. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense to wear something that you love for a season, maybe literally a season or just a period of time, and then send it back and someone else can use it. Someone else can wear it. Yeah. I want to rent everything. Uh, I live in a very small apartment in Chicago, like a three-story walk-up with 
my partner and four kids. So it's like, I don't want to own anything. I don't, I like, I don't have room to own anything. All of my clothes currently sit on like one single clothing rack. Every item yeah. that I own is on one single clothing rack. So I really have to be diligent on not bloating my wardrobe because otherwise it just ends up on the floor or on the couch. I literally don't have enough space for it. Right. Which I mean, I think like with renting, it's one of those things that has changed the game for, you know, special occasions. Yeah. For sure. It does not make sense to buy a sparkly dress or a suit if you don't need it because it's right. going to sit there. And then also I think about the future of, of renting. And I think the only thing that really worries me and I've had a lot of side conversations about this because I can't get my head around. It's like we still need to change our minds like to not just be consuming at a rapid pace. And I guess if you're renting at a rapid pace, I don't know if that's the same or not, like how much that bleeds into the rest right. of your life. But yeah, I'm curious as to your thoughts on that, especially like living in a in a smaller place. Right. And like I said, I don't know if it's sustainable. And when I say sustainable, I don't know if it's something that a, I can afford to continue paying for that service, sustainable on my part financially, uh, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. sustainable for like shipping costs, overhead, mm-hmm. logistics, all of that. And I, I know what the clothing industry looks like and the monster that that is. And so anything to help chip away at that is going to be good uh, or at least better. But w- without looking at the other like environmental impact or uh, workforce implications. I don't know. I don't know if 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 we rent if all of us rent everything all of the time, is that even possible? Uh, I look at even um, like Uber and Lyft, right, uh, and ride sharing. Mm-hmm. If everyone was ride sharing, then it's is that better or is that good? And I don't know because we haven't we haven't reached that point. Right. There, I don't know if we ever will reach that point. But I do know that for me, I would much rather have the option to rent most things. Probably, I would probably rent most things and then buy some things. Yeah, I wonder if it's rather than like this or that. It's more like um, a little of both. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Being mindful plus renting, and then it's more like a, sh- a sharing economy. Right. Um, I mean, and you know, on a more practical note, I'm not going to be renting underwear. You know. Mm-hmm. But right. There I, are things we definitely should not be renting. There are some things no one should rent. Okay. I love that the takeaway from this podcast is going to be you, a visual a visual of you wearing a watermelon shirt and um, underwear. Those yeah. Are the, those are yes. the two things. Um, that's okay. just like, that's called Tuesday night in my home. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay. So get this. Kim Kardashian won a lawsuit against uh, misguided USA for using, I think they used her name and then they created a fast fashion look like within days um, after she had word on, I think the runway, I'm not entirely, or not the runway, the like red carpet. Mm-hmm. And then Kanye recently said he wants to move all Yeezy manufacturing to Wyoming to make it eco-friendly. Levi, is this where we're at? Are Kim and Kanye the voice of reason? <laughs> This, this like, is where we've come to. Part of me didn't think I would be living this long. And then the other part is like, it, am I, is this a simulation? Like, am I, am I actually <laughs> alive? Is this real? That, so I think both of those things are great. Yes, push back against those, like against the tyranny in the industry. But I just do not expect uh, those figures to be the spearheads for it. Right. Um, because now I'm like, oh, shoot. Now I've got to like... 
uh, cheer for them. But it's kind of mean. Um, I'm sure they're they're really they're valuable lovely. and nice people. Um, yeah, I I like. I want the clothing industry to be that. I I want to push against fast fast fashion. I want to push for more sustainable, uh, eco-friendly clothing. And if it takes like these top-tier influencers, celebrities, like mavens, to talk about it in order to get that to happen, that kind of breaks my heart. That like industries aren't aren't going after that. I think there's enough. Yeah. There's enough dollars from consumers being put toward those efforts that it just makes a lot of sense for companies to be the ones to come up with that instead of celebrities needing to push against companies uh, to make that happen. But I'm glad that it's happening. It is funny that you say that because I think like we have to wait for celebrities to tell us <laughs> what's good and bad right. <laughs> and somehow companies will change based off of that. But it's like, but if it happens that way, like, all, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of crazy because I feel like a lot of people have been saying this over the last four years. Like we literally had Elizabeth Klein on and she's been preaching this for way longer. Yes. Um, yet maybe Kim and Kanye are going to be the reason for the industry to change, which is just mind blowing. I know. That's wild. Like if we can well, all just like pause on that for a second. You know, I'm like, I, I'm really grateful that and, and I'm hopeful that that's a true mindset shift for them that mm -hmm. they've seen oh we have like we have had a hand in the fast fashion industry right yeah i'm i'm really hopeful that it's a true mindset shift and that they're actually putting their influence and their dollars and their businesses behind enacting this change i think that's true um it would break my heart if it was just a ploy to like get eyeballs because they're really good at that mm -hmm. um and, and, you know, like you said, Elizabeth Klein has been talking about this for years and years. She's written books on this. And, and for some reason, I don't know, maybe, maybe the house isn't on fire enough. Like maybe, yeah. maybe we're just like, maybe we have to get down to the 11th hour before someone's going to take notice of just how destructive the clothing industry is. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to do my part. And if that looks like renting things or mending my own clothes, which I've been learning how to do and, or like you know, altering my own clothes, which I've been learning how to do, I want to do those things, whether or not Kim and Kanye are actually talking about it. You know me, right. you know me, I'll do anything <laughs> that Kim and Kanye say. That's right. And I mean, to be honest, I, I mean, I'm big fans of Kim and Kanye. So, yeah. um, to I, I do think it seems genuine, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It's just kind of it's kind of funny when you actually think about it. <laughs> not what I expected. I, uh, I yeah. could not have like this would have been the craziest Back to the Future 2020. Right? You know, like yes. it if Marty McFly had like actually ended up in 2020, the actual 2020, not the movie version, like it. No one would have believed it. Okay, well, listen to this, because I made the mistake of Googling clothing startups, and there was everything from clothes made from mushrooms to, no joke, this one company that when you're done wearing your item, you can actually bury it and it decomposes. So, talking back to the future, the real question I have for you is, would you wear a mushroom suit? I would wear a mushroom suit if I was like, going on a date with Lady Gaga and she was wearing her meat dress. <laughs> like that then I feel like we're just we're just like one flame away from like a really great hibachi uh, dinner. 
that we're actually wearing. It's amazing. <laughs> That's your all you need is chicken, really. <laughs> right. But no, on, like seriously, I think uh, there's so many compostable things that I'm introducing into my life. And, and I want more recyclable stuff and I am actively recycling. I'm like, yeah, if it, if it makes sense, if it makes, if it's not too much of a, uh, I don't know, too much of a shift from how I currently feel comfortable in my clothes, yeah. then I think I would, I would absolutely take that on. It's almost like I'm, uh, I could, I could eat the impossible burger um because it's only a couple degrees away from from real beef and i really enjoy the taste of real beef but i also know the environmental impact of real beef and and so if if it was only like one or two degrees away and this sounds really selfish but this is where i'm at right now like i don't want to make that change for the sake of that change if it also means uh, a, a wild difference in convenience or cost because that's right. where I'm at with like in, in my life trying to support my family. So a mushroom suit, if it cost four times as much as, uh, as another suit, I probably would not do that. But if it was a comparable price or even a little bit more and it didn't feel like I was wearing mushrooms, then yeah, I'd try that. Which like what what – do mushrooms feel like on your body? I don't know, to be honest. Oh, can that please be the title of this episode? What do <laughs> yes. mushrooms feel like on your body? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I feel like that's going to just be cut out at some point, you know, um, and, and just repeated on repeat. Yeah, that's the um, new ringtone. Yeah. I So, yeah, I'm with you. I think, like, there is this, and we talked about it a lot when, um, when you were at Cladwell, of this idea of reasonableism, because... Yeah. There are these two extremes, and I feel to ask people to go from one extreme to the other is insane. Like, we're all trying to do our best. I I feel like we do – I like to think that everyone has good intentions. They want, you know, to steward the earth. They want to help people. But to go from one extreme to wearing a mushroom, shoe, uh, mushroom suit is kind of yeah. hard to ask someone to do. Well, it, maybe it is hard. I think it's hard to ask most people to do. I'm yes. sure that there are some people that are right on the precipice of mushroom suits, right? <laughs> and for them, it's just it's just one – it's a lateral move. Oh, a mushroom suit? Great. <laughs> Thank you for finally making that available to me. I've been looking for that. I, oh Levi, have not been looking for that. So if someone were to, to vilify me by saying you should be wearing mushroom suits because the suit that you are wearing – is killing the earth, right? And then they and they throw something at me. I would be yeah. like, whoa, 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 bro, settle down. First of all, I don't know you. Secondly, mushroom suit, like I haven't even, I, I don't even. That's not even on my radar until this podcast. Like I don't even, I didn't know that, that existed. I'm not actively looking for a mushroom suit in the way that I'm actively looking for like metal straws, right? Because that's yeah. something yes. that I can. Like, yeah, sure, I can do that. That's easier. And that's reasonable. And and asking for like not asking for a straw or uh, or bringing my own straw if I want to use a straw is like, first of all, that's such a first world problem. But also, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that sounds reasonable. And yeah. I remember having these conversations with you about reasonableism inside of the Cladwell ecosystem and how it's like we would never pressure people to make these sweeping changes or like, oh, so you have 350 items in your closet, you're bad and you yeah. should only have 14 items in your closet. Like, <laughs> no, that's excessive. Maybe 
you want to have 14 items and we can help you get there. But maybe you just want to have fewer and fewer is good. Um, and so I think it's this whole idea of er, just can you yeah. be better? Can you go slower? Can you go faster? Can you like move forward? You know, that's yeah. kind of the, the theme is like move forward in the right, in, in whatever direction makes the most sense for you. And, and so long as we're all doing that with this common goal of keeping our earth safe and keeping each other healthy, then we're going to be doing the right thing. It doesn't mean that we all need to make these drastic changes, rent everything, wear mushroom suits, and like move all of our manufacturing to Wyoming. You know, it's like, yeah. we can't all do that, but we can all do something. I saw a quote the other day that was like, we need a bunch of people to do this imperfectly versus mm. a few doing it perfectly. And I just, that resonated so much because oftentimes even like running cloud one, I'm just like, I feel like a sham because it's just, it's so hard, you know, it's so hard to do it perfectly. Right. Um, and yeah, I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. You work in startups. This whole episode is around these clothing startups and whether they're boxing us in or not. What do you think our future closet looks like? Where will we be 25 years from now? Oof, 25 years from now. So the startups now are trying to, oh, I hate this word, are trying to disrupt an existing structure, right? Mm -hmm. And or they're, at least they're trying to, what they have to do is they have to fit inside the existing structure. They don't have a choice, right? They can't be so far outside of existing corporate American like uh, consumerism that they that no one pays any attention to them yeah you know we see Bonobos and Warby Parker and Stitch Fix and they're trying to bring people to clothing and bring clothing to people instead of let's dump all the clothing into a building and, and invite people into that building yeah. that's the old way of doing it now we've, we're seeing this evolution of that but it's still meeting people with clothing and there's so many different ways that we can do that. In 25 years, I mean, we could see home printing of clothing. In 25 years, we could see, like, um, we could see rentable clothes that then are, comp you know, compostable that are all made out of mushrooms. I, like, I don't <laughs> know, but I think it's going to, it's going to shift the entire industry. And I, th my prediction is that it's going to get smaller. Like, the industry is going to get way smaller it's going to get a lot more individualized and boutique um yes we, we cannot yeah. keep going to, uh, as a society like as humans we can't keep going down this path of fast fashion because we're just eating ourselves alive and and dumping all the garbage right yeah okay so we are down to the last three questions kind of rapid fire what moment for you in learning about your closet and becoming kind of conscious of this whole thing, would you consider life altering? Ooh, um, definitely the watermelon shirt changed my life. No. Uh, <laughs> that the mushroom underwear. I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. confused at this point. <laughs> yeah, when I stopped renting my underwear, changed everything. <laughs> um, no, the, really the moment for me with, uh, in understanding my closet was really understanding that I didn't have to follow anyone else. I could I could take my own steps. There's there's so much abundance out there. There's so many different ways to wear the same item. There's so many different versions of the same item. 
I really can be unique. And I've always wanted that in my life. Like since I was a little kid, I just wanted to be unique and special and like be one of a kind. But I couldn't always just buy a new outfit every day, even though that's what I, deep down, that's what I wanted. And so the epiphany that I had was I can make a new outfit by wearing it differently every day. And uh, and I use everything from like socks to bandanas to hats and glasses and even like facial hair and, like and, and jewelry and things that are small changes, but they mean something big to me uh, because I can use old clothes in a new way. What's the one piece of wisdom in this whole process that you've gained that you wish to pass on? Everything you do is a story, and and you get to tell that story. You get to tell that story however you want, and you get to create this like this journey of yourself. Finish this sentence. I believe. I believe that you can wear a bandana with a t-shirt in no less than 10 different ways and it look fabulous each way. I'm going to try that wonderful. again. <laughs> I do believe that, but that's not what I was saying. <laughs> I think we should just cut it there. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will ask it again. <laughs> okay. Finish this sentence. I believe. I believe that every person's individual style is the purest representation of what's inside them. They just may not be conveying that well. And uh, I, I realized that too late for, not too late, but later than I wanted. Um, in in some of the early days of uh, of telling Cladwell's story, there was a lot of like uh, we did all these deep dives into what is clothing, what's the purpose of clothing, why do people wear clothing, and uh, humans are the only mammals that that wear that actively put on clothing, and we do that because we're telling a story, because we're trying to communicate something. It's a language, and and I believe that everyone can can tell their own story and convey what's deep inside them through their clothing and it be a beautiful thing i was walking through um through a bar last night and some of the best dressed people were in there and i just could and and i knew who i would not get along with but i knew who my people were just by walking through Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that it was like oh yeah these people are wearing stuff from target boo and these people are wearing Prada, yay. It's, it wasn't that at all. I didn't care about brands. It was how people were wearing their, the clothing that they owned and that they felt themselves in. It, it actually had nothing to do with the clothing. It had everything to do with how they felt in those clothes. And that's what was so attractive about these humans. And I just wanted to go up and, and talk to them. Fortunately, I had a conversation starter. It was like, oh, hey, that's a really great vest. Um, and then I asked to take their picture. <laughs> I like how you said it. And then I asked to take their picture. That's great. That didn't sound stalkerish at all. That's how I do. No question. (laughs) Seriously, that was wonderful, though. And thank you, friend, so, so much for coming on here and telling your take on topics that I just love discussing Um, and for better helping us better understand how, you know, how we're boxed in. So thanks so much. uh, Yeah, it is my pleasure.
Thanks, Levi, for helping me dig into the mess that is clothing startups and have a lot of fun in the process. You can see all of Levi's excellent work on his website, levideo.video. That's L-E-video.video. Next episode, we're getting back into the serious business of style, talking to an expert about what style is, what it isn't, and how to find your style. It's so easy to get caught up in that vicious cycle that if you're not aware of it and thoughtful about how these messages affect you, it can have a really detrimental effect on your relationship with style.